Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Punk, a podcast where we talk about punk rock and all things punk music, community, culture, how has punk music shaped who we are as people, and especially as we are growing up, and me and David, who are fathers now, how does that relate to life as we know it now? And uh, yeah, welcome to the first episode of uh, a new segment of the podcast. So typically in the, in the last, I guess, couple of years since this podcast has started, we've uh, mostly been talking about music, reviews, uh, things we're listening to. Um, but we want to start talking to other people who grew up similar to us, you know, grew up being influenced by punk music, kind of how has that shaped them as a person? Um, what has kept them still into this kind of music as they've gotten older. And so we're looking forward to having you guys join us for this part of the podcast. Um, if you want to check us out online, you can follow David on Instagram because he is not a man yet. His tag is David Growing Up. Maybe one day it will be David has become a man. Just kidding. He is busy working on his basement this week, so I'm flying solo so hopefully I don't screw it up. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk, and on Facebook, Growing Up Punk, and you can find us uh, anywhere else you search. We are everywhere. We are like the internet. We're just kind of there, but sometimes you gotta search for search for a strong signal. <laughs> Anyways, so today's uh, episode uh, features my good friend Marty Falk. I've known Marty for. A number of years now and actually met him and approached him because I liked the shirt he was wearing and I think it was a band shirt of some kind that was uh, designed by an artist named Dave Quiggle. He does a lot of punk and hardcore band merch and shirts and and so as soon as I saw it I was drawn to him and we've been uh, long lost brothers ever since. And So I'm excited to get to talk with him uh, tonight and so yeah looking forward to to getting to know Marty and and hearing how punk music has changed and shaped his life. So I kind of on the intro uh, gave a little brief description of how I how I met you. I was saying that uh, yeah. I, I just saw your your shirt with the Dave Quiggle design and just instantly drew me to you and uh, we've been friends ever since yeah so, no that was uh i wasn't expecting anybody to just be like hey nice quiggle shirt yeah i guess that's a yt event so that's something you hear every day <laughs> no not necessarily no definitely not where i'm from nobody knows who that is so yeah awesome well yeah maybe just give us like a, a quick bio of kind of who you are what you do your uh, top 5 accomplishments in the last Six days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm Marty Falk, as you said. Uh, I live in Altona, Manitoba. I am the program director of the station Youth for Christ here in Altona. I've been doing that for well, coming up on four and a half years. Uh, it's a great job. And again, like you said, that's how me and you met through YFC uh, Retreat. Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old man who... Hangs out with kids all day. I mean, that sounds weird, but um, <laughs> you're not you're not that old. <laughs> no, I'm not that old. But uh, we went paintballing today, and I'm definitely feeling my age. So 
that's always a that's always a good thing. They, the kids keep me young, that's for sure. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. So maybe just, yeah, yeah. just start by, you know, if you can just kind of give us a brief overview of, of how you got into music. Like, what would be some of your earliest memories of, of listening to music and maybe which artists or albums were those that originally piqued your interest in music? Yeah, well, I was thinking about that a little bit. And it's like, I, I kind of had like a weird transition. I went from like being younger I remember listening to like this really, really loving this acapella group called Rhythm and News. Oh man, and yes. <laughs> yeah, like I played. I don't know. I played the crap out of that tape. And it was just like I loved that. But then I, uh, I, I met a guy through one of my youth groups, and he was actually like really into like bands like Tourniquet, you know, like that '80s Christian metal. Just a little shift. Just, little shift. Yeah, and, and then, and yeah, but 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 that, I don't know, that aggressive music that whatever you yeah, the metal it just it just it resonated with me and and so then he just led me down a road of all that tourniquet and white cross and petra and guardian and whoever and so i got into that stuff but then i don't know I, I, yeah it would have been like i think my first introduction into like punk like we had a local uh electronic store here in town and they had like a small uh christian uh, music section, and I remember walking past the rack one day and seeing the the MXDX's Poconaccia. Classic. You know, the, the the blue album with the Poconaccia punk on it, and I didn't, I had never heard of them. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, that just looks cool, so I bought it. And then that's kind of like when my love for punk just kind of came about, and then from there, it just grew into punk, hardcore, you know, all that good stuff, and. uh yeah, so it was it was a weird transition. Like I said, I went from like acapella to just like heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how similar our our musical journey is, and it just makes me so happy knowing that I'm not the only weird <laughs> like conservative Christian kid that got introduced <laughs> to. It's just so funny the how many people I've spoken to have a similar similar story. So, what age yeah. would that been that you like that you got into like? the tourniquet and that metal stuff and then when you kind of discovered more punk stuff so i i think when i met my friend my friend jim that would have been i would have been in grade 10 because he was two years older than me yeah so that was grade 10 9 or 10 and so yeah so like mostly through high school i was like the weird kid listening to punk and hardcore when everybody was still listening to like whatever chumba wumba and sublime <laughs> <laughs> or whatever was popular back then um but yeah, so like it was yeah, so I would have been like guess fourteen, fifteen. Oh, okay, so that was yeah, like a bit later than. So were you not listening to music like as a preteen and early teen? I was, but it was all that like weird acapella stuff. Oh, okay, music. Yeah, like music just wasn't like at that point. Music wasn't like a huge thing. Like when I was in like grade seven and eight and stuff like that. And so then, yeah, but when I hit high school is when like I started meeting guys who were more into that stuff, and then it kind of just like exploded from there. Okay. So I thought you meant you were like 15 and 16 when you were rocking out to Petra and Tourniquet and. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, there would have been, yeah, I would have been that age about that when I, when I got introduced to that stuff. Okay. Also, like said, cause he was, cause he was two years older than me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He would have been grade 11. something like that. And I would have been grade nine. So. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it's a bit, a bit, a bit older, a bit older than me. I was maybe more like 11, 12 kind of, cause I had an older brother at home who was yeah. was into that stuff so kind of how 
I got introduced to that or whatever. But so was that like, like in your household growing up, was that like a problem for you to listen to that kind of music or did your parents oh, yeah. not care or what? No, no, my parents hated it. So, so I remember, I rem- like my friend Jim had the tourniquet stop the bleeding on tape and I wanted to, I wanted to record it. I wanted to tape it and make a, a copy for myself. And I asked my mom if she could buy me a blank tape. And my mom was like, well, what do you want it for? And so I played her a bit of it, and she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I love that. So then I, you know, scratched enough money together to get a blank tape, and then I did it myself. Man. That, right away. Went yeah. from went from good good little Christian boy to just rebel. And did she know you did that, or did that, was there any consequences? She, found, she found out eventually. Yeah, like she found out eventually, but then by that point, it was it was too late. I already had copies of all sorts of other stuff, and... And so they just kind of yeah. let it go and hope for the best. Yeah, they're like, hopefully it doesn't turn into a delinquent listening to this kind of music. Yeah, and I still make fun of my parents now, just saying like, you know, remember when you stopped me from listening to all that stuff, and now look what I like. <laughs> she yeah. just let me get it out when I could have. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. my parents have said lots, and I get it. Like, they had, they had no reference for any of that stuff, right? Like... Well, exactly. It's not like they could have even, I mean, we didn't even have the internet as a teenager, but it's not like they could have even yeah. gone anywhere to find out about that. And so, just Well, exactly. I, I tried to show my mom because at that time, like in the in the liner notes of, of the tourniquet tape, like they still had like, you know, here's a line from a song and then there's a Bible verse that goes with that line. And then the next one, here's a Bible. So I was trying to show them that. Even that, she's like, no, 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 this can't be like that. Yeah. But what, what reason do they have to scream like that? Yeah, so. man, so true. So, do you remember mm-hmm. like how that music made you feel when you first, when you first kind of gravitated towards it, or when you first heard it, or that switch, you know, from metal to punk? Like, what was it about when you found MXPX's Poconaccia? Like, what did that make you feel, and how was that different from, you know, some of that early music that you listened to? Well, it was just like it. it... <laughs> Not that the, the metal stuff wasn't fast, but this was like a different kind of fast. You know, it it was it was it was a fun fast. You know, because everything they were doing, they're, they're they're singing. You could sing along to the songs. Like I had a hard time singing along to Tourniquet. But with like MXPX, you could just like you could really get into it. Yeah, yeah. You, you could sing along. You you could, I guess, understand what they were saying a little bit better, and they related to, you know, related to what I was what I was going through, what, what I was feeling at the time and stuff like that. So that just really, yeah, it really just took hold in me and was like, yeah, like this is, this is awesome. I want more of this. Yeah. And then that kind of like, you know, MXTX led me to Dogwood led me to, well, and then even from there, you know, then I started getting into like more like some of the local music. So I started listening to like propaganda, you know, yeah, from yeah. Winnipeg and, to start hearing about them and stuff like that. So just that kind of just like opened up my my musical world really to just all sorts of different stuff. So then I was like going to that music store and just buying random CDs off the shelf all the time. Yeah. yeah do you remember what some of those would have been? Like were there some that were kind of oh, there would have been stuck like, with you or Yeah, like Six Feet Deep, nice. uh The Blamed. Like a lot of a lot of the early tooth and nail bands. Yeah. Like obviously MXPX being one of them, but then like unashamed focused. Um, yeah, just like all those bands like that. I just, 
like I remember a friend of mine who who grew up in Southern California. He came out here, and when I met him, he was like, we were at some fire, and we had a, a ghetto there and I had all my CDs and he's looking through all my CDs and he's like, dude, you have more tooth and nail CDs than I do. And I know these people. (laughs) So he was like super impressed with that. So yeah, but that whole, like the whole tooth and nail lineup from like, like wish for Eden being the first album to like everything after that. I just, I just gravitated towards. Mm. So I just soaked it up. Yeah. So you mentioned like getting into live music, maybe talk a bit about kind of that experience from, you know, growing up and hearing this music on a CD and, you know, I remember thinking, this is so foreign and out there. And then when you mm-hmm. first get to see, you know, a live show and it's right in front of you and you're getting to yeah. hear some of those favorite songs or bands or whatever, like, yeah, tell tell me a bit about that. What, what were maybe some of those first bands and, and how did that impact you? Yeah, I'm trying to think, as far as like live music, being from a small town an hour south of Winnipeg and you know, when I was younger, not being having ways to get to the city, it was a while before I went to like my first like punk show. I remember seeing like Guardian came to Winkler and wow. I thought that was like awesome. And I had tickets to go see Bride, but then my parents wouldn't let me go. So um, it, it, it was a little bit before like I got older and was like able to start driving to the city myself and stuff like that. But some of like those earlier shows, like one of the first shows I think I, I went to was an MXPX show at uh, the Royal Albert in Winnipeg. Nice. Yeah, I think just it was like that this, one. Just the, yeah, I guess just like the, just the dingiest dive bar in Winnipeg, but that's where so many shows were. And going to that show and just being like, yeah, super excited to like see this band we've been listening to for years on TV live was just exciting. Like it was awesome. So it just, it just made me want to see more and more. And then for myself, like in my, I guess my early 20s, I started playing in bands. And stuff like that. So a lot of the the live music that I that I went to was a lot of local stuff. And then I, you know, started to hang out with the guys from like the Undecided, because they're being awesome. from Steinbeck, being on Tooth and Nail. So a lot of the times those guys would end up opening for. Like I remember they opened I think for MXPX at a venue in Winnipeg. They opened for, oh, was it Strung Out? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember they opened those. up for Strung Out. Um. And and just like stuff like that, and then like meeting those guys, and then just yeah, going to shows with them, and and yeah, so like live music was just fun, like being in the crowd and and you know pump, pumping your fist to the to the music and getting up front and singing, and you know at some of those early hardcore shows, like you're like right in there, and the guy's like screaming in your face, and it's just it was an awesome experience, and you just wanted more of it, so started going to shows like every other weekend. Well, I think that's what's so special about you know this kind of music. You know, versus, you know, teens that grow up listening to Top 40 or whatever, you know, they go to a concert, it's in an arena. There's not really yeah. anything personal about it. Whereas, no. you know, like we could, our, you know, the first concerts we go to, you know, we're right up front. Like yep. typically the the band is hanging out at the merch table or out back or whatever. And yeah, exactly. Just, I remember that being like what really blew my mind. Like, you know, this is my favorite band. I mean, I didn't know a lot of bands then. But it's like, this yeah. is my favorite band I'm getting to see. I get to meet them. It was just like normal, even though it was so surreal. Yeah. So I, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, yeah. And so like this 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 friend of mine from Southern California that I met, he ended up moving up here. Uh, lived in Altona for a while. I don't know. His name was uh, Honorius Glomatico. He was, everybody knew him as H. Wow. Um, and then he, he lived in, in Altona for a while, but then ended up 
whatever, having to get a job and couldn't get a job in Canada. So he got a job in Grafton, North Dakota, which oh, was about, yeah. I don't know, half an hour away. And he ended up making this venue that we called, they called H's Place. Right. Yeah, and yeah. because he knew so many of these two female bands, like a lot of two female bands, they're coming anywhere near North Dakota. He would have them come play his place. So, you know, we got to meet, like, you, you go, go see, like, Dogwood. They played there a bunch of times. Got to, like, hang out with those guys afterwards. Because a lot of times they would spend the night there, go on to the next place. Um, had supper with the Appleseed cast. You know, oh, Zayo played there. Living Sacrifice. Dave Staker. Like, tons of bigger tooth and nail bands. Like, because they said you knew these guys. So they came and played. And because that was such an intimate venue, you got to, like, afterwards, yeah, you got to legit sit down and hang out with these guys. And then you realize that, you know, they're normal people. Right. But you still kind of have them on like this. You kind of have them on this pedestal. Oh, yeah, but, for uh, sure. But then you get to meet them a little bit and you realize that, yeah, they're just, they're just normal dudes. So um, having that, like you say, like having that, those, that intimate experience with that, that punk and that hardcore as opposed to like whatever. Like a few months ago, I went and saw Metallica and I was in the third row from the back wall, you know not it's not the same yeah yeah for sure yeah so do you do you still enjoy going to those those bigger like arena tours for bands like that just to kind of be able to to still take it in and like in in a case like that with metallica i was like okay you know i've always wanted to see them and i figured you know what if i don't go see them now how much longer are they going to be able to actually perform the way they do you know they are getting old so Uh, plus one of the one of the kids i work with wanted to go so we went and it was, you know, it was a good experience, but like, yeah, no, like I don't typically, I don't typically like those big arena shows. Yeah. I've actually I'm never, much, been, I much prefer this. Uh, I've never yeah. actually been to uh, like a big arena show. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure there is something about just being with, you know, that many thousands of fans of a band and, you know, it's awesome going to, you know, a smaller punk show or even a bigger one. You know, yeah. but there is something about like you know twenty, thirty thousand people, you know, screaming along to a band. So, yeah, it's it's an experience. But like you say, like growing up with like the, the in the punk scene and stuff like that, and having those smaller intimate shows, that's kind of what you kind of want more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. at the start, you said uh, you're not getting any younger. So what would you say has kind of kept you? kind of coming back to this kind of music you know a lot of people when they when they get older you know i've got lots of friends who they just kind of you know age out of this kind of music or start listening to more mellow stuff or so what for you what is it that kind of keeps you hooked on this yeah i think it's just that that uh like we were talking about before like the way it made you feel this music feel makes me feel the way that it did back then. Whereas like a lot of newer music today, like the radio stuff, the top 40, like it, it doesn't make me feel anything. Yeah. Right. Like when I, like, Hey, last, last week, Kills was engaged. You know, they released a new album and on that album, they have a song that has their current singer, Jesse Leach, but also has Howard Jones, their old singer. So good. And that gave me tingles listening to it. Hmm. Watching the music video they released, I was like, there was something stirred inside me. There was something, and there was an emotional response to seeing that. And I think that has to do with the style of music, not just the fact that, yeah, part of it is because they have these two iconic singers for this band who have now teamed up for a song. And obviously, if you're a fan of the band, I think that's something you've always wanted. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but 
like you said, like it, it, it gave me tingles. It made me feel something. Mm. And that's what a lot of like punk and hardcore does. Um, for me at least. Yeah. Like the first time I think I, I heard like Zayo's blood and fire bring or bring rest like that. Um, the, the, the songs of that album. And then when they're, I don't know, the end of it, when they're singing, like, and blood, and blood, like that part was just, I don't know, blew me away. I loved it. And two, like, you know, certain, certain Dogwood songs I remember, like listening to, uh, that, oh, what was the first album called? More Than Conquerors one? Or before that? No, not More Than Conquerors, but the one before that. Through I Thick think. and Thin? Through Thick and Thin. So the, the title song for that one, Through Thick and Thin, like, I remember me and my friends just like belting that song all the time. Like driving around in a car, just listening to that song, just belting because it's just, it, 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 it stirred up that response, that emotional response. Yeah. And, uh, but there too, I think it was on, I think it was on Too Thick and Thin. There's the song that the drummer wrote for his stepson. Hmm. I think it was like, there too. There was a song. It just, it just did something on the inside. And so to me, that's what made me keep, what kept me sticking to this kind of music is because this is the music that gives me that thought. Yeah. So other music, some country singer talking about his, you know, wife or kid or whatever, that doesn't do it for me. Yeah. So. Well, there's just something about, you know, the aggression and the passion that comes with it. Like, yeah, there's lots of other styles of music that have songs that have meaning or whatever, but there's just something about, like, when it's aggressive, just makes it mm-hmm. seem so much more real and just inviting, you know. Maybe that's just for well, yeah. for us. I know, I'm sure there's lots of people that wouldn't agree with that. But uh, Yeah, and I've, and I've had that conversation with a lot of people because like, a lot of people don't, like that, like the style of music, like I do, and they ask me, "Well, how do you, how do you enjoy it?" They're just screaming. I was like, "Yeah, but that's that's passion. Hmm. That's that's emotion. Like, you know, like when you're mad or when you're happy, like you just want to yell, right? Yeah. You're you're so happy you could scream, right? Like that's what that's what these guys are doing, just with aggressive music. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like, well, how could what do they have to scream? They're screaming. It sounds so negative. I said, like, yeah, but read the lyrics. Like actually get into it. They're not. Yeah, some songs are, are sad. Some songs are about anger. But some songs are also about the awesome things. Yeah. You just want to scream about it. So to me, it's just, yeah, like that, that passion and that emotion that stirs up in those music is what, is what just keeps me going. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those things that you kind of have to experience at a certain time of your life where it really stuck out. Like, yeah, if, you know, some 40-year-old guy now that has never listened to punk music starts listening it's probably yeah. not going to stand out as anything because, you know, unless he's like in a midlife crisis and that's what he's looking for. But, you know, there's something exactly. about being young and figuring out kind of who you are and just new things in the world and and just these kind of urges in you and then you hear music that kind of fits what you're feeling and it just yeah. matches up so perfectly. Well, yeah, like I even have like a friend who's, you know, a number of years older than me. And I remember talking to him one time and he was like, he was like telling me like, Oh, you're so lucky that you were young when you got into this music because he got into it while he, when he was older. And he's like, I feel like I missed so much. Yeah. You know, cause I didn't have that in my youth. And he's like, you're so lucky. I'm like, I never really thought of it that way. You know, cause yeah. Had I grown up 10 years sooner, I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. You, I could have gotten into things like the Ramones or the sex pistol, stuff like that. That was, you know, older right yeah. but but even like listening to that today like even though i enjoy some of that music 
I don't think that would have stirred with me the way the stuff that I actually grew up with does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's lots of, lots of good things I'm always thankful for in that era, you know, just of discovering music and it, mm-hmm. it actually took work, right? You can just go online or, you know, you wasn't like you CDs were so expensive too. You couldn't just go yeah. buy 10 CDs. You just get a couple and you would just kind yeah. of pour over those and they were really stuck. And I think that's another thing too with finding music at that stage where, you know, you just wanted to spend so much time with it. Whereas now, you know, I mean, you can kind of go, go all day talking about the differences of music and accessibility and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah just knowing this was going to be my new album for the next three months, you just, it just became such a part of who you were. Like it was so much more well, personal exactly. than just kind of adding another, you know, file on your phone or whatever. Well, yeah, and I think that's why, you know, I keep going back to the, the old albums that I listened to back then because you poured over those albums so much. Yeah, definitely. Like those albums became a part of your whatever, like you're just part of you. Whereas nowadays, yeah, like there's so much new stuff that comes out and it's so accessible. Like as much as I would love to pour over some of these albums, I just, I just don't. I mean, part of it has to do with, yeah, you know, I'm getting older. I have a family. I don't necessarily have the time to do it. Yeah. But, but even still, I mean, if I really wanted to, I would make that time. But even when I do have that time, I find myself listening to the old albums that I liked. Yeah. Same. Yeah. There's something about just going back to those. They're just always so good. And they just kind of take you back to that feeling. So I think that's yeah. a big part, you know, back when we were talking about what kind of keeps you coming back is just knowing yeah. that, you know, I can put this record on and I know it's going to make me feel a certain way because it has so many times already. Well, yeah. And like, you know, people have those, those songs that, you know, when they're feeling, feeling upset or feeling mad that, that you go to, to, to cheer yourself up. And yeah, it's, it's often like for me, it's often that, that aggressive music that I that I enjoyed listening to when I was younger that actually cheers me up. Yeah. You know, and, and people are like, well, how? Like, you know, again, it's so angry. I'm like, no, it's not always angry, and it it makes me feel happy. Yeah, and I, it's hard to help people understand that, but. Yeah, no, it's uh, some people just they just don't get how that kind of aggressive music, punk and and hardcore and stuff, can actually make a person happy. Yeah. 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 There's there's a lot to it, and. I don't know, I kind of feel like as the older I get, I don't even try and, like, help people understand. It's like, ah, whatever. Just let me enjoy well, it. You go listen to whatever. Well, exactly. <laughs> you go listen to what you want to listen to. I'll listen to what I want to listen to, and we'll just be happy. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, talking about some some top experiences and albums. So what would you say are your top three live show experiences from the last... 15, 20 years, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean... Just maybe yeah, I was thinking to wrap about that. that up, but... It, it is, because, I mean, I've, I've gone to a lot of live shows. I've been to a couple of different festivals. But I would, I would guess my top three probably would have been... So, Dogwood played here in Winnipeg. Or in Winnipeg, not here in Winnipeg, because I don't live there. But in Winnipeg, I don't know how... I don't know what the year would have been, but they played at a church in Winnipeg. And the show was just, like, wild and fun. Like, it was just unreal had such a good time. And again, because, you know, they knew the guys in the undecided and stuff, we all hung out afterwards. And so that was just real special experience. Plus dog was just an awesome live band. Yeah. Do you know what album that they would have been touring then? 
would that would have been. I think that would have been like building a better me. Oh, that, man, such a good album. Yeah, it was a great album. I think that was right around the same time. Yeah, the undecided was on on tooth and nail with them. Um, I actually have that poster here on my wall. My little, my little man cave. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that was a good one. Um, NIV. Like no one is a victim. Yeah, awesome. At like cornerstone, I'm gonna. I, it's either '98 or 2000. I went. To, I went three years. or '96, '98, and 2000. But I don't exactly remember. But um, I just remember like the the lead singer telling this like emotional story about uh, losing his son like a year a year before. And like, you know, NIV is like this like, like top guy hardcore, right? And you have all these big tattooed guys up there, and they're all crying, and it's just like mm. it's a very emotional thing. Yeah. And then. Yeah. He's like, okay, so enough, you know, enough of this stuff. He was like, he was talking about all the, the, the pluses and stuff like that or whatever the experience that he had. And then he's like, whatever, the next song's playing. And I swear it was the biggest circle pit I'd ever seen in my life. Wow. It's like one of those big tents at Cornerstone was just like circling. And it was intense. And there's like this island of people in the middle that looks so scared. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, it was probably 2,000 people. Uh, and then all of a sudden there was like this group, and I don't know if it was like, a planned thing or what, but like a group of like 20 or 30 guys just decided all of a sudden to turn around and go the other way and then just created this big pileup. And it was just like, it was so awesome. And then the rest of the show was just like amazing. And so like that, that one that's always stuck with me because it was just, yeah, like I said, like they, there was that emotion there. And then, then, and then that massive mosh pit, it was just, yeah, it's pretty hard to get those, those moments kind of scared for my life, but it was so much fun. Yeah, awesome. That's a good one. And then I think third would be, and this would have been purely from like more of just like a, a technical standpoint and how like tight this band was, but as I lay dying, played in Winnipeg on the Taste of Chaos tour. Don't again, don't know the year, but oh, like I remember that I was at that one in Saskatoon, like with Thrice yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like two thousand six or something. It, it, yeah, it could have been something like that. Um, I think, yeah, because I was living in Winnipeg at the time. I lived there for a little while. Um, but they were, like, they were so tight, and it was so good. And with, with however you feel about As They Dying now, you just can't deny that these guys as musicians and as players are just, like, they're, they're so good together. Yeah. Well, and they put on such a great show. And then also on that same show, and, I again, I don't remember even the name of the band because they were, like, on the little side stage between main bands. Oh, yeah. But there was like this one, this band that was on the side stage that put on such an amazing show. And then at the end of it, so it's just the, the, the guitar players just leaning their guitars up against the amps and feedback. And the drummer's still drumming. He's just going. And then uh, the stagehands guys start taking stuff away. They take the guitars away. He keeps drumming. They start taking pieces of his drums away. He just starts using other stuff. And then at the end, he's down to a kick snare. And he's playing piano with his one hand. Hmm. And then it came down to like, they took everything else away. He turned, finished on piano and walked off the stage. I just remember going like, I don't know what I just w- witnessed, but that was nuts. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. was it a band like, like Pelican or something? It wasn't Pelican because I, I know Pelican. I, I, I want to say it started with a C, but I just, I never remembered, I've never remembered the name of it. Was it Circus or Vibe or? No, because it was, yeah, I just like, and the thing is, I almost like don't even want to know. Because now if I would go back and listen to that, I'd probably be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that memory. I want to keep that memory. Yeah. <laughs> because it was so awesome. Yeah, I remember that. Huh. I'll, I'm going to have to go look that up for my own interest. Sake. 
<laughs> yeah. So Don't how, tell me what. <laughs> how about your top three all-time favorite bands? I mean, that, that's an impossible question. Really. Like well, Nobody will know if you're telling the truth or not. Or if you're <laughs> <laughs> so... To Maybe me, like I think the three I went with, bands that have you know had the biggest influence on you, or yeah, and so I would like okay, I'm gonna go with MXPX because they were like my first introduction to punk. Yeah, like really, like it's that that actual like real punk music. Um, and yeah, like because it was like plus they were like you know their first it was their first album that got me into it, and then I just like followed them throughout. So I would say MXPX. Um, for me, on more aggressive side of things. Uh, refused. Nice, that's a good one. Specifically, their album "The Shape of Punk to Come." Yeah, classic. Because I remember, I remember watching um, the video for "New Noise" on like Much Music, yeah, like Loud or something. And then, so I saw that music or the video, and I was like, "That is awesome! I want to know more about these guys." So, like, I immediately went and bought all the Refused music I could find. But then also, like in a magazine or something, I read that oh, they had broken up like three months before. I was super bummed. So I'm like, oh, never going to get to see these guys. But subsequently, now they're together again. But that album, that's, that's one of those albums that I can put on anytime. And I'm, just, I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for sure. I don't know. It's just, it's just that, that whole album, like start to finish, I can listen to it. There's, for me, there's nothing, thing, no, nothing bad about that album. Yeah. And then I guess the only thing I could think of for a third would be like Zayo. Because again, there too, like that metalcore um, style of music. And again, like I started listening to them. Like I remember seeing them, the original lineup of Zayo at Cornerstone 96 on the skateboard ramp at Cornerstone. Yeah, crazy. Like they were, they were nobody then. Like that album had come out on Steadfast and nobody knew who they were. And I just remember thinking, oh, this, you know, these guys are great. I like them. And then they got signed to Tooth and Nail and, and there again, like, you know, I've, I've followed them throughout their career and I've, and I've enjoyed everything they've put out, you know? So it's, that's, I would say those three are the, again, and I could put on like any Zale album. I mean, maybe not the All Else Failed remake, but. Right. Um, yeah, any of their legit albums. But any of their legit albums and, and it's just, it's just good to me. So. Yeah. So would those be more or less your, your three favorite albums then as well? Poconaccia, Shape of Punk to Come, and Isaiah one? Or I, do you have different different favorite albums from those bands? I mean, to me, I think, I think my favorite MXPX album is probably Teenage Politics. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just because there's a, there's a lot of songs, because there too, again, that was a time when, that, because then a bunch of my friends now were into MXPX, because you know I started listening to it, and then they started listening to it because I had it. And then when that album came out, like everybody bought it and everybody was into it. So again, it's that, it's that nostalgia, that, yeah. that memory of that time. And so that's why I would say teenage politics is my favorite for them. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, like re- refuse shape punk to come. Like it's just, again, it's just a solid album. I love it. And there's, there's just n- nothing bad about it. And then, yeah, Zayo, I'd say my Zayo, favorite Zayo album is probably when blood and fire bring rest. Yeah. I remember that one too. Two being a, there was a song on a sampler, and like I was still in mostly just into punk at that time, and to me that yeah. was like the most extreme form of music. Yeah, like and and, and whatever, like that album also like influenced a ton of other bands because that was with the the new lineup, you know, with uh, 
like Dan Winded on vocals, oh, yeah. uh, Russ, Russ on guitar, Scott on guitar, only Jesse, like the drummer, was the original member. Right. And so it was, it was different than the other, like uh, the Splinter Shards, The Birth of Separation, their first Tooth & Nail album. But this was something different again, you know, it, and so, yeah, like it was just, actually, no, I, it was not Scott, it was Russ, uh, Brett Dieter was in the band on that album. Oh, uh, yeah, right, went on to the Juliana Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another band, Juliana Theory, also a solid band, I really like them. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, that's a whole lot of conversation. Yeah, there was, yeah, they had some, yeah, exactly. some really good albums, and then, uh, then I, they were one of those bands that, and then I saw live, and it just kind of turned me off from them. And I don't think I listened to them much after that. But yeah, I, I only saw them once. They came through Winnipeg, and I forget who they came was there Hope with. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was Hope's Fall. That's right. Yeah. And I remember after see, like, seeing Hope's Fall, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> who cares about the Julianne theory? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was just kind of an odd, odd pairing of of bands. But anyways. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for, for sharing that. I always love just getting to hear, you know, how this kind of music, you know, influences and shapes people and especially yeah, those yeah. of us that are, are still into it and hopefully yep. will always be. Maybe we'll have the same I'm... conversation in, in another 15 years and see uh, where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> see, we're, still, we're still talking about those same old albums. Yeah, well, probably. If uh, yeah. if people want to find you on on the intranet, how uh, would they go about doing so? Or if you want to give uh-huh. out your personal address, <laughs> I don't care. Insta, in, insta, well, you want to come to Altona? Yeah, two forty four Main Street. Come on, find me. <laughs> He's got um, a sweet vinyl collection to look through. I do. I and pretty much this entire conversation, I've been staring at it. So, but yeah, no Instagram. I'm Marty Falk on Instagram. Facebook, I'm Marty Falk. And like my Instagram thing says, if you like pictures of my dog. My son and the dumb crap I buy, give you follow. <laughs> Sweet, and uh, you still got your uh, MySpace profile. Uh, oh, you know it. <laughs> you might have to search a little harder for that. You, you will. You, you can find if you search Marty Falk, you will find a picture from my MySpace profile. Hey, good enough. Printed. I out. look very emo in it, though. Wow, that's the only way to be on MySpace. <laughs> I think so. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time tonight. Greatly appreciate that. And, Not a problem. Uh, yeah. Check us, uh, check back with us. We'll be continuing to, to post episodes with, with future guests and hearing more stories and talking about more albums and music. And uh, until next time, keep fit and have as much fun as you are able. <laughs>